What's up, everybody? I hope you guys are enjoying this journey through the book of Revelation as much as I am. I can't wait to share today's message with you. You know, I truly believe this message today regarding the great soul harvest will bless you immensely. It shows the power, grace, mercy, love, and compassion of the God that we serve. His judgments may seem big, but his mercy and grace is even bigger, as you will see today. Friday, we talked about the introduction of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists that God sends out near the beginning of the tribulation period to spread the gospel to every nation and how this group was sealed by God and could not be harmed or killed. This group has a very special role in God's plan, and we will talk more about them later when we get to chapter 14. But today we want to take a look at the last part of chapter 7, the second half of chapter 7, where we jump ahead to the end of the tribulation period and we see the fruits of the 144,000. Now, let's pick up with verse 9 and take a look at what John sees next. After this, I looked, and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Okay, let's pause for a moment. John now looks and sees a great multitude of people, like a sea of people, so large that they can't be counted, and they are from every nation, tribe, people, and language. I mean, everywhere across the world this is a is gentile and and jew alike this is you know everybody from every tribe and nation this is the result of the work of god through the 144,000 they planted the seeds and god harvested the fields this is what happens when we allow god to use us according to his will and for his purpose for his glory god did not just send judgment without grace this chapter is positioned where it is because we need to remember that even in the darkest time this world will will ever see, you know, the tribulation period, especially the second half of it, it'll be the darkest time this world will ever see. And God does not abandon his creation even during that time. Instead, you will see the greatest awakening and soul harvest in all of history. This should show us that even in our darkest times, God is at work. He has not forgotten you or forsaken you. In fact, it is in the darkest times that God is closest to you. It is in the darkest times that God is doing the greatest work in you. Now, continuing on with verse 9, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. So we know they have been saved and made righteous by the blood of the lamb since they are wearing uh, white robes. Now, they are also waving palm branches before the throne. In biblical times, palm branches uh, symbolize victory and triumph. Remember, they, they laid those down when Jesus came in to Jerusalem before his uh, crucifixion. So they symbolize victory and triumph. And kings and conquerors were greeted um, with these by, by the people, by the people waving the palm branches and throwing them down on the ground before them. So this shows that they were praising Jesus and showing that he is the king of kings who has conquered the world. He is the triumphant king who defeated sin and was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Now, look at what Jesus says in Matthew about the last days. Matthew 24, 19-14. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray uh, and will betray and hate each other. This is talking about the apostasy, which we'll, we'll address later more. 
and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this is kind of referencing this multitude as well. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in in the whole world and to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, Jesus is telling them what will happen during the tribulation period, you know, at least parts of it. And he also tells them that the gospel will be preached to all nations before the end will come. And who will preach the gospel or carry the gospel to all the nations? He's talking about the 144,000. After we finish this journey through the book of Revelation, you will be able to go back and read other scripture in a new light. You will see passages through the New Testament as well as the Old Testament that speak of the end times and confirm what will happen, as well as shed light on extra details that may help you understand uh, the end times even better. Now, John's vision continues, and it shows this great multitude praising God and Jesus. Then it shows all of the angels, along with the elders and the four beasts, along with the great multitude, all bowing down and giving praise to God. He is worthy, and our number one duty will be to offer praise to God and, and to Jesus. Next, one of the elders asked John a peculiar question. He asked John, who are the people in the white robes? And John looks at him a little dumbfounded, I'm sure, and tells, you know, and some say he kind of sidesteps the question and tells him, you know who they are. He was probably thinking, you know who they are. Why are you asking me? You know, John may have been nervous that he was going to say something wrong. I mean, it's possible, I guess. You know, so he turns the question back to the angel and lets the angel answer it. You know, and, the, you know, I know we have already stated this, but... Here is how we know for sure who this multitude is exactly and what they represent. Verse 14 says, they are, uh, the angel is telling John, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. So they are believers. Okay, they, they've accepted Jesus. So to be clear, this great multitude that is so large in number that can't even be counted, does not include any of the Old Testament believers or any of the Christians uh, of the church age, and would appear to not even include uh, some of those who became believers and died during the uh, tribulation period. It, it kind of alludes to these guys being those who survived through the tribulation period. Although I could be wrong, and it could include the um, believers who were martyred during that time as well. But again, it kind of alludes to the fact that it is those who survived through the tribulation period. And you can, you'll see that as we go along. You know, this multitude is strictly those who have come to Christ you know, during the tribulation period and you know, survived the tribulation period, most likely, um, as a result of the 144,000 spreading the gospel and the judgments of God provoking people to wake up and turn to him. You know, don't worry, we will be there, uh, you know, in, in that day as well. But this is all about the, the tribulation, you know, soul harvest and uh, those who survived through the tribulation period. And, and it's kind of just focusing on um, the soul harvest, you know, the the efforts of the 144,000, you know, and God reaping that harvest from the seeds they planted. You know, it is letting you know that even when God pours out his judgment 
and disciplines his people. It is all for the sake of turning the hearts of man back to him. Therefore, his punishment is just, is just and full of mercy at the same time. This reminds me that when God sends the storm, he will also be your shelter. As we go through more of the devastation of the tribulation period, it will get much worse, I promise you. But it is because man is stubborn and God will punish the wicked who bow down to the beast and serve the Antichrist accepting his mark, while simultaneously doing everything possible to wake up those who still have a chance to accept Jesus. Now, this last part is my favorite. If you have struggled and fought and endured, if you have been broken, hurt, and in pain, this part should lift your spirit because it is the things that we long for. Verse 15 through 17 says, They are they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye, from their eyes. So how can you read that and not long for that time? How can you read that and not be filled with hope? Yes, John is writing about the tribulation, you know, saints, the, the survivors, but it contains promises that extends to all believers in, in that regard. You know, talking about wiping away the pain and the, and, the, and the hunger and the tears and all that stuff, that extends, will extend to all of us, you know, when we come into his kingdom and, you know, when we get to heaven. So when we, when we get to heaven, yes, we will worship God and Jesus a lot, but we will also have duties in his kingdom, duties and responsibilities in his kingdom. You know, these saints are mentioned serving him in his temple day and night continuously, and that's likely to be their responsibility. You know, side note, this is likely referring, talking about what I just read, this is likely referring to the millennial kingdom on earth and that these tribulation survivors have watched their fellow believers be martyred and have suffered through all the judgments and natural disasters and, and famines, etc. So when they get to the millennial kingdom, God says he will wipe away all of that, all their pain and suffering and hunger and you know all that they endured with all the natural disasters. He's saying he'll wipe away all of that and he will shelter them and Jesus will guide them to the to the springs of living water which could be also alluding to the water uh that the prophet Ezekiel saw flowing through the millennial kingdom and you can read about that in Ezekiel chapter 47 and wherever that water flowed everything lived so however the next part shows the love and compassion that he will extend to all believers there will be no more suffering, no more pain, no more tears, no more poverty, definitely no more bills or taxes. And I know some of you are like, amen to that. Seriously, though, you will see all the struggles of this world fall away. I love how it says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. When I read that, I can feel the compassion of God jumping off the page. It is an image of a parent who sees their child hurting and they go to them and comfort them, wiping away the, their tears and letting them know, it's okay, you are safe now. That is the God we serve, a God of compassion and love. Yes, he is holy, just, and righteous. God, even, you know, even in his discipline of us, he extends his grace and love. 
And he longs for us to be with him because he sees our pain. He sees our struggles and our disappointments. And he longs to wipe all that away and replace it with his shalom, his peace, you know, with his joy and happiness. And one day he, he will welcome you home. But for now, we must press forward to finish the work he's given us while looking forward to that glorious day. I love how it says that God will shelter them with his presence and that Jesus will be their shepherd and lead them to springs of living water, as what Ezekiel referred to. Is that, you know, is that not an awesome picture? You are protected by the presence of the Almighty, and Jesus himself will watch over you to ensure that you have all that you need for eternity. God, thank you so much for your love and compassion. Thank you for your mercy and grace that never ends. Thank you that through it all, you never give up on us. You constantly pursue us and want nothing more than for your people to turn their hearts to you. Jesus, I can't wait to see your millennial kingdom and and to serve you in it. Your word that we went, you know, that we went through today, that we covered today, gives me such hope and fills me with such joy and excitement. We may go through some dark times and endure some intense storms, but your word says sorrow may last for, you know, morning, you know, or sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We may face some struggles in this life, but in your kingdom, all that will be wiped away and replaced with joy, peace, happiness, and rest in you. God, I pray blessings over every listener. Help them to know that they are blessed. Help them to see your hand in their lives and remind them that even in their darkest moment, you are closer than ever. Jesus, thank you for being a friend to sinners, someone who is closer than a brother. Let us present ourselves as a living sacrifice before you. Let our lives speak of your love. Amen.